Welcome to Bench Reactions, an NBA podcast brought to you by absolutely nobody but ourselves. I'm your host, Chase Baker. Wait, 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 wait. Are we going to start doing a fake sponsor or what? It's sponsored by Dan Flashes. Sponsored by Dan Flashes. Dan Flashes. Oh, I wanted to be like, I wanted to be sponsored the by the Colgate Comedy Hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do. Okay. We'll do a new. We'll do a new one each week. Dude, Colgate yeah. Comedy Hour this week. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that's incredible. All right, you got that, Chase. Colgate yep. Comedy Hour. Colgate. <laughs> brought to you. Bench reactions. Brought to you by Colgate Comedy Hour. <laughs> No, you got to start from the welcome. You got to start from the welcome. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Take three. Sorry. Take that. Tip of the tongue, teeth in the lips. Took a bank loan to the bank. All right. Here we go. Ooh. Okay. I can get behind that. San Diego. Anyways, here we go. Welcome to Bench Reactions, an NBA podcast brought to you by absolutely nobody but ourselves. I'm your host, Chase Baker. Wait, I skipped it. I pulled right through. Dang it. Okay, fourth time. Here we go. Put this on the blooper reel. Colgate Comedy Hour. Put it on the blooper reel. Bench Reactions blooper Welcome to Rage Reactions. And me. Even less people will listen to that. <laughs> Let's be honest, it'll be the exact same listener. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we're holding same. steady. We're holding steady. <laughs> Just write Welcome it into to the Reactions, thing. an NBA podcast <laughs> brought to you by the Colgate Comedy Hour. I'm your host, Chase Baker, and I'm joined today by Zach Burnham, Jason Lamprecht, Dan Lyons, and Patrick Curry from an undisclosed hotel. Let's hope the Wi-Fi better is there than at Zach's hotel from a few weeks back. I don't know. It's uh, it's looking a little rough. But you know what? We're going to get through it. We plow through. We get things done here at Bench Reactions, don't we? We are halfway through the NBA season. We're pro- we're officially approaching halfway 2022-2023 season. And you know, we thought it'd be nice to commemorate this special moment with a special mid-season awards episode brought to you by all of yours truly here at Bench Reactions. We will begin by presenting our choice for each of the league's individual awards followed by some of our very own Bench Reactions themed awards and of course We'll have our mud pie moment of the week from our very own Dirty Dirty Dan. What is up, everybody? It's going to be an extra sloppy mud pie this week. Very sloppy. <laughs> Should have used a bigger slice. <laughs> Dirty Dan coming in. Dirty Dan with the mud pie. Uh, he's not trying to ruin anyone's day. <laughs> Make it the worst day. <laughs> worst day at their job. Uh, we are oh off gosh. the rails. All right. So, top of mind news of the week. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant looks like he's going to be out for uh, a little bit longer than folks had hoped for. The latest report from Woj is that he's expected to be sidelined for a month, at least two weeks with an MCL sprain. At least it's not anything more intense, right? We know his history with uh, rips and tears in his legs, but it's diagnosed officially as an MCL sprain in his right knee. Two weeks, which is a bummer for the Nets because they've been on a tear, an absolute tear, no pun intended, <laughs> lately oh, with uh, with their uh, streak of games, climbing back to the top. Well, not back because they were never there, but climbing to the top of the Eastern <clears throat> Conference rankings. They're going to be missing quite a bit with KD out. This is a real opportunity for Kyrie to show who he is. Yeah. 
He gets the opportunity to be the leader, him and Ben Simmons. If they can hold the ship afloat, I think that's really good for what the Nets could be in the playoffs. But I was 100% about to say Kyrie Irving, leader of men. Here we <laughs> yeah. go. Wait, 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 no. I got it. I got it. A chance for Kyrie Irving, leader of men, to, to show his quality. <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I will say Ben Simmons was always great when Joel was out, if you remember. And this roster is the kind of roster that Ben Simmons could look great with. I I don't I don't know if we'd have that guy anymore. I think Trey Young might have killed that guy, but um, <laughs> but they've they have enough talent to stay afloat. And that's all you got that's all you gotta do right now. I don't I don't expect them to fall out of the top four in the East. Um but they had just gotten to first place, which is just huge for them from where they started this season. Uh, at least it was KD's right knee. He's had this MCL, the MCL injuries in his left knee already. So I don't know if that's better or worse to have both knees, some lingering effects, but it uh, seems like it could have been worse had it had been his left knee. It's they, You talked about how they just hit first place. Feels feels like the league interceded on behalf of the Boston Celtics. <laughs> just saying, you know. Adam. Couldn't let their, their perfect uh, theory. conference. Are you implying uh, that this is a hit job? I love it. Ad, Ad, I think Ad, David Ad, Stern is like, hey, hey. No, I think David Stern from came back grave. from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> from the grave. From downtown. Res- Actually, respectfully. Though, like, would, like, how do you think the league would feel about this Nets team actually like turning the beginning of this season and all of that into winning the championship i feel like, like the actual the front league? office would not be happy like anyone working in the front office especially adam silver's <clears throat> office would almost take offense like how how did this team that so haphazardly and rambunctiously threw around you know the opportunity to play with the nets and then demanding trades and you know not in past couple years of not complying with guidelines suddenly just decide to start playing better and play great I actually wonder if it would be the opposite. I, wonder, <laughs> I, I, I actually wonder if the league would look at this and go, look, you know, guys can't demand trades. Front offices can deny or decline those requests for a trade yeah. and they can still turn it around and have this. I don't want to call it a Cinderella story because there was nothing Cinderella-y about this team <laughs> to begin with. But I would, I mean, look, they're in a huge market. This is a team that's never won the championship before, and they have marquee guys that people want to go and see. So I think from a rating standpoint, it would be huge. Yeah, I'm with you, Pat. I actually agree that the league probably loves it. They love the idea of having a New York team pushing for the finals. And I think the drama from the beginning of the season just increases their appeal and the people that are going to pay attention. Who already have like two of the most exciting top 10 most exciting players to watch in the league. It's going to draw a lot of yeah. people. If, so. if not the league, then at least, you know, ESPN and, and the media machine loves this, right? I'm sure that all the content people look at this and they're like, you can't make this up, right? Like you, you, you couldn't have scripted this out before the season, the way that this has played out. And so the, the Kevin Durant, like drama just adds to that as well. Like, Oh, is, is he going to make it back? Are people going to step up? Who's going to be the leader of men on that team? You know, it's, it's great drama. Well, and my main question is like, at least for the, you know, the coming weeks, however long Katie is out, it doesn't really feel not only because Katie is so good, it doesn't really feel like there's going to be a clear plan for 
Jacques Vaughn to have like a ba- a go to one or two players on a nightly basis. It feels like with Katie's absence, there's going to be, you know, a handful of to do list items on his clipboard every night to think. All right, we got to cover scoring. We got to cover the length he provides. You know, uh, on defense, we got to cover some ball handling. And it feels to me off first, off of first glance. Coach Vaughn is going to have to kind of spread the love amongst the rest of the guys on the team. Ben Simmons take, obviously taking over more ball handling. Kyrie's stepping up more on scoring. But then does, you know, does he reach into the bench to, to take up, to, or rather to cover any of the space that will be left by Katie's absence? Well, the thing is they're really deep. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think they're going to have trouble really scoring. I think you hit on a good point with, the the loss of defense that KD provides. He's so long that he's able to play alongside either Claxton or Simmons. Now, if they're going to have any size, I guess they can try and throw Keith in there, but they're going to have to play Simmons and Claxton together to have the same defensive level that they have with KD on the floor. And those two guys playing together makes the floor really small for Kyrie and some of those other shooters. So I think that's actually the, the harder task for Vaughn to, to deal with than the offense. Plenty of shooters, will, plenty of creators. I will say, thankfully, here's their upcoming schedule. Boston, not so good. O- OKC, Spurs, Suns, Jazz, Warriors, Sixers, Pistons, Knicks, Lakers. There are a lot of really winnable games in there. Mostly winnable and games, yeah. If they're over 500 without him, that's the rest of the month. I wouldn't be surprised, especially because of some of our, I hope we're, I hope we're going to talk about in a little bit. Cross your fingers. We'll see. We'll see. Well, speaking of which, shall we shall we transition into the... It's like Superman, but then it, then it went off the... Went Keep, off going. the Keep going. Keep going. I'm not, do- I'm not done yet. Just kidding. To the mid-season was... awards. <laughs> Ooh, you're really blowing there. So... Mid-season awards. Here we go. Woo! We've been preparing. We've, yes. we've put in our work. We've done our studying. We've done our voting. Zach has gathered all of the point totals of all the voting we did for everybody across all the categories. We've meticulously gone through the league, and each of us has provided our ballot for the NBA's premier individual awards through the halfway point of the season. Points have been totaled for our overall winner in each category, which the category is right, being Clutch Player of the Year, Sixth Man, Most Improved Player, Coach, Rookie of the Year, <coughs> Defensive Player, and of course, all NBA teams and the most valuable valuable player. So, without further ado, let's get to some of these winners. All right, very excited. Now, we'll go ahead and point out that these are not who we predict will win the award at the end of the year. These are who have been the best, who deserve the award right now, halfway through the season. Could very well change. In fact, I expect a lot of it will change over the course of the year. So how we did this is each of us was provided a ballot and on all of the awards, except most valuable player, we were asked to choose five individuals with points from five to one for each of the guys. First place with five points point totals were tallied and we have our awards. So let's get to it. We'll start off with the newest award in the league, the clutch player of the year award. Mm -hmm. We had some discussion about this one. So what we'll do is I'll, I'll announce the winners and the runners-up, and then if you guys want to know who else got some votes, I'm happy to share that with you too. So the Clutch Player of the Year, the mid-season Clutch Player of the Year award, goes to my man, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah, let's go! Shea Gilgis Alexander. In second place was Luka Doncic, and in third place, De'Aaron Fox. 
Mm-hmm. And I'll point out, I'll point out that Shea received um, 15 of 25 possible points. So this one was a tightly contested battle. Up I was going to say Lucas. These guys. Lucas so Pat, Pat, as the number one Shea fan here, what do you got to say about the Clutch Player of the Year award? So I'm going to first off add a little bit of a caveat to Zach's point especially in in diving deep into the stats post me sending in my ballot to Zach. I think I've realized that uh, there are probably statistically some other guys that may uh, surpass Shea by the end of the season. (laughs) However, (laughs) since this is a mid-season award, and honestly, at the end of the season, I think this is going to be the same thing, where, yes, obviously statistics are going to matter, but especially for an award like this, what people are going to remember the most are clutch moments right and so for Shea especially again as somebody who has watched most Thunder games this season some of them have been great some of them not so great Shea's hit multiple game winners multiple buzzer beaters he's had multiple shots to tie games in huge huge moments and I again I think that's the stuff that's really going to matter at the end of the season that narrative piece is is super important we'll add I think Luca's probably going to win this by the end of the season, especially with the the Knicks game from a couple weeks ago. That's probably going to be the standout moment mm-hmm. from the year, and he's you know he's carrying that team. But again, speaking statistically, there are other guys that I think when we look at you know true shooting, clutch shooting, they're higher than Shea on the list. But the <clears> issue is those guys are on teams that are not winning a lot of those games where those guys are, you know, they're, they're hitting big shots. And if your team doesn't win in the games where you're hitting clutch shots, ain't nobody going to care about that. So my guy, Shay, I think he'll at least be in the top three. I think he's deserving of this at the midway point and that's it. That's all I got for you. I will throw out that as will probably be the case with the actual voting from the media around the league, this was the award that had the most, diversity of voting Mm. a lot of guys were thrown out there a lot of people with one or two points or whatever and it kind of goes to show that we don't really know how this award is going to work and how people are going to choose to value their vote or what what stats and what uh, things are going to value in in choosing some other people who got some high votes were donovan mitchell jordan clarkson demar Derozan, kevin durant and aj griffin those are the next highest guys there were there were good five or six others who got votes so that was a tough one. All right. We'll go ahead and move on to sixth man of the year award goes to Boston Celtic guard, Malcolm Brogdon, receiving 21 out of 25 points. In second place was, was uh, a guy that we really like here on the pod. Benny. I thought you were going to say Russell Westbrook. And in third place, (laughs) in third place, Mr. Number zero. I thought you guys were going to put him first. <laughs> I thought you guys were going to put him first and give it to him. Imagine all of us conspiring <laughs> behind your back, Jay, to be like, guys, we're going to give it to Russ. And make Jay win, talk we're about it. Russ. I will and, say, Jay's reaction. I will say two people voted Russ number one for sixth <laughs> man of the year. Two people voted for Benny, only one for Malcolm Brogdon. But what Brogdon had, Everyone else voted himself yeah. down ballot. Yeah. Down ballot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there isn't too much to say about Brogdon. I think I think he's the favorite to win it just because he's on the team that has a good chance to be the best team in the league. And he's clearly better than a bench player. He's not a traditional six man, you know, who's just gonna come in and score. He's actually more of a stabilizing force on that team. I think end of the year, 
he's very much going to be in the conversation still. Russell Westbrook, though, you never know. You never know. Just one of just one of many instances over the last year where small market teams decided to collude together to make trades for literally zero cents on the dollar <laughs> in order to screw over teams that actually needed guys like Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> Thank you very much. Other candidates being the Portland Trailblazers, and I think the was it the. Yes, the Hawks trading Herder to the Kings for literally nothing. <laughs> Those are prices that Lakers will never That's be able to pay for point. players like Malcolm Brogdon. Thank you very much. Yeah. The Herder just will just so happens to be the three teams you might hate the most. In the <laughs> <laughs> Coincidence? <laughs> All right. We'll move on to our next award, the most improved player. I will say that this one was a unanimous vote. Without any surprise, the most improved player is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Mm-hmm. Dan. What you got yep. on this award? I mean, this one, honestly, for me, it was it was pretty easy. We'll throw out a couple other contenders that I had, though. Desmond Bain replaced his arms for flamethrowers this season, and so I had to shout him out for sure. Anthony Simons has <laughs> just been playing great for the Trailblazers. He's looking like a real NBA player. And, of course, I got to call out my, my jazz guy, Larry Markinen, who's been playing great, maybe an all-star spot this season. And actually, so one thing, one thing I joked about at the beginning of the season was like, oh, Laurie Markin, I was watching those Euroball highlights. But like, for real, there was something about like that and him playing very aggressively that I really, really liked. And, you know, obviously the, the Jazz, my beloved Jazz have lost like approximately 8 million games since, <laughs> since they started the season out super hot. And so I couldn't, I couldn't put Lowry first. So second, I had Tyrese Halliburton who's just been running the show in Indiana. Indiana actually looks like a real team, and that's in large part because of Tyrese Halliburton. But, I mean, for me, it was SGA. It was SGA all the way, no question. Scoring third, like 30 points a game. Obviously, the league this year is a little inflated with a lot of 30-point scores. Apparently, everybody can do it now. But to step up, to have that clutch gene as well, and to make to play that hard on a Thunder team, that is waiting for Chet's foot to get better. I, yeah, he's, he's just been really, really impressive. It couldn't have been anybody else for me. Yeah. You mentioned Markinen and Halliburton. Those were two and three mm-hmm. on our list. Bull Bull came in fourth and Desmond yep. Bain in fifth. And I think the one guy who was a little bit undervalued in our voting may have been mm-hmm. Bull Bull because yep. he is playing lights out. He's the best defensive player on that magic team. And he's really grown offensively. He could be, you know, a unicorn type yeah, player moving forward. Yeah. I think it hurts that uh, since Zach's segment about the Magic having a chance to play off, they've really sunk back into the... Hey, they beat Golden State, baby. Oh, yeah, they man. beat the Burn. Warriors. Bad. You Bad destroyed them. I, I also I want to give I want to give a little bit of love to uh, to Jalen Brunson as well as a, an honorable mention. I know it's kind of a cop out. Mm. To I, I, th- I feel like a lot of times this award is like who went from not playing a ton of minutes to playing a ton of minutes and being the guy on the team. Right. But for Jalen, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I mean, him and Julius Randall, I think have been the two guys that have really propped up that team. They've got some role players that have stepped up as well, but Jalen's, I mean, he's a legit starting point guard. He's probably going to make the all-star team in the East. Yeah. He, he very mm-hmm. well could. I'll also throw out that, uh, of course, our Lakers fan put Austin Reeves <laughs> on this list. 100% deserving. 100% One vote for Austin Reeves in solidarity. Austin Reeves get last year? Probably zero. 
How many did you get this year? Hundreds of thousands. Thank you very much. <laughs> there are hundreds Lakers Hive out in full effect. <laughs> there needs One to be note. like a third Sorry, most important person, uh, third most valuable player of the year award on a team, and Austin Reeves would get that award. Okay. Thank you very much. He's so desperately needed in LA. It's funny. But yeah. speaking of Halliburton real quick, he could win it again next year. Like he could be in the voting this year and still get so much better next year, make another jump. The sky's the limit for that guy. All right, we'll move on now to coach of the year. Another one where we have a unanimous vote. Brooklyn Nets coach, Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn the guy with the best beard Jacques in the league Vaughn, by far. Yep. yep. Uh, second and third, we had leader of Joe Mazzula of the Celtics and Willie Green of the Pelicans. <clears throat> Jason, you were trumpeting Jock Vaughn like a month ago. Yeah. For being coach are of you, the year. Before it was are cool. you not entertained? <laughs> are you Is this not what you came for? I have a few <clears throat> I have a few words for Joe Mazzula and Willie Green. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn is the bench reactions. Uh, mid-season coach of the year i would just want to read a few quotes i i, I had this prepared just in case um <laughs> i'm kind of like that actor who knew i was gonna win i'm so not um, prepared for this and so i prepared my my ex- acceptance speech <laughs> leonardo dicaprio i'm gonna read a quote from one kevin durant who is really known for urging good locker room chemistry he says we walk into every game believing all right, if we stick to the template, this structure that we have will be fine regardless of what goes on in the game. Just knowing what we want to do every time we step on the floor keeps our mind at ease. We have belief in whatever Jacques tells us. That is a real tribute to a true leader of men, much like Maximus, (laughs) you might say. Leader of the Um, arms of the North. (laughs) Little... Um, another very short quote from Irving, who said Jacques Vaughn has, quote, no cap. Uh, really, really yeah. great stuff. No cap. Um, just I, I just want to I just want to highlight that the Nets were two and five before they fired whoever their previous coach was. Oh, we're, we're not um, naming him anymore either. We're just not think, naming uh, people anymore. I, I, I think he's he lost his name. NBA MVP. I actually. I actually thought about for my um, for my own award doing the like goodbye Toby award <laughs> for the person who I'm happy happy about happiest about being oh. out of the league, and I was going to do a whole oh goodbye Toby. Stevie's <laughs> <laughs> going away. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> oh man, they are twenty five and eight since, and if you combine that with Jacques Vaughn's previous uh, stint uh, taking over for Kenny Atkinson in the bubble and a little before, I think. They were 7-3 and three during that stint. He is 32-11 and 11 as the Brooklyn Nets head coach. The dude just cannot not win ball games. And I just I can't wait to see him lead them into the playoffs and see what, what can happen. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll take a bow now. Bravo. The change in the locker room and the vibes coming out of there. I mean, just those quotes you shared, the difference between those quotes and the things that Katie and Kyrie were saying about Steve Nash, massive. And I'll just say, he has just, he has no ego, Jacques Vaughn, no ego. 
Uh, one more quote I forgot to read was, you know, they asked him about being the Nets, like, second choice, like, three times now. Um, and what he said was, I said to my wife, I might not have been her first choice, and we've been together 20 years. So, you know, it could all work out. What a legend. He's the best, man. <laughs> what a no that's amazing ego dude just grinds i will say that is love a it. former utah love jazz it. point guard jock line just you know th throwing that out there <laughs> don't forget also also the most successful french sounding player in the nba right now and he's a coach. <laughs> right now oh we'll get to that, oh, we'll get to that later don't, you worry. Hard, man. <laughs> don't you worry oh i thought you, i thought i was talking about evan oh, Fournier. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even remember uh, tony parker's not in the league anymore <laughs> that, guy, that guy's a player what what rudy rudy kind of he, he's he's, yeah. in, he's in timeout still I think Jacques' only real competition is going to be Joe Missoula. Though I think maybe we give Missoula a little bit too much credit for coming into a bad situation after the Udoka fiasco, whatever you want to call it. Um, scandal? So I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how much extra favor Missoula is going to get from voters for coming into that situation when the Celtics are just as good as they were last year. But I think he's going to be some big competition for Vaughn. Other guys that got votes just for your guys knowledge we had tyler jenkins rick carlisle jb bickerstaff and will hardy were the other coaches that got some votes all of whom i think are actually deserving a uh, really good coaching crop this year uh, guys <laughs> <deserve>. <laughs> we got <a> crop. <laughs> you like that jay i knew you'd pick it up instant what instantly what a crop <laughs> oh, without, without skipping a beat all right <laughs> We got, we're getting into the big ones now. Mm. Rookie of the year. Mm. Another one where I don't think there's any surprise. Unanimous vote, 25 out of 25 points goes to oh. Paolo Boncaro. I know, Chase, you were talking about him from the beginning of the year, sharing some some tweets, some highlights with mm. us. What you got for us? I've been I've been on the Paolo Boncaro hype train since the Duke days. I mean, he just passed the Ugh. eye test back in the day. He had this big body. He knew what to do with it. He knows how to get in the paint. He knows how to shake defenders. He can defend. He's getting there. But like the dude's just got a complete. He's got a complete game. So in regards to his scoring, he's on twenty two points per game, twenty one point three points per game. And in regards to kind of all these NBA rookie ladders out there, it, they all usually go Paolo, Benedict Matherin, and then Keegan Murray. Paolo's at 21, uh, Benedict's at 17. And even then, like we've all talked about the massive impact that Benedict Matherin has made being a part of the Pacers. But like in regards not only to individual stats, but impact to their team as well. I mean, you know, it's it's Paolo Bancaro. They're, he's got 30... 30-point games as a rookie this season. Paolo has four. Everybody else combined has four, okay? Uh, twenty oh. Games of 20 points, of at least 20 points this season. Paolo has 22. Benedict Matherin is 15. Everybody else, nobody else has more than five. So it's going to be Paolo and Benedict probably for the rest of the season. Keegan Murray making a pretty big splash, right? Averaging right now 11, three rebounds and about an assist. Keegan Murray, though, honorable mention, is shooting quite well from three, 43%, right? He's kind of he's already kind of over that rookie three-point shooting hump. Same with Matherin at 41%, but like Paolo at 30, 43% from three, averaging 21, six and, and four assists is just insane. He's... 
truly a leader of men. And I think, I don't think this rookie of the year status of how this list is, if they were to win it or call it now, I don't think that's going to change by the end of the season. Yeah. He's kind of head and shoulders above the rest of the guys. What do you guys think Boncaro's ceiling is like, who do you see him becoming in the league? You know, I, I, I have one I'll throw out. I think he looks a lot like Carmelo. Mm. Mm. I was just trying to think like a guy who Mel- 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 was a better he's, shooter he's, coming yeah. in the league. Boncaro is yeah. a little more athletic. A little yeah, more, I like, like Paolo's defensive tools a little bit more. Uh, yeah. But I was trying to, I was definitely trying to think of like a, like a, like a mid-tier star, like a definitely the all-star guy, but maybe not like that a number one on a championship team star. But but yeah, we'll obviously see because the sky's the limit right now. Yeah, Magic really hit that one out of the park, man. A lot of us didn't think he was going to go number one, and they were absolutely right. We'll see they though. Got we'll, it. we'll see. They gotta get screwed, man. They gotta get oh, screwed. Oh, no, that'd be such a good fit. Oh man, that'd be so fun. I will add an honorable mention. Number four in our list, uh, two and three were Matherin and, and Murray. No surprises. Number four though mm. was J Dub. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Jalen Williams. Okay, and I was happy for that. Yeah, he was he's getting a lot too. more ball handling opportunities, doing some playmaking. <clears throat> Sky's the limit for him too. Most, wait, 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 dunks by wait, any guard in the league. Last, uh, last minute change. <laughs> You didn't get my last minute submission for Cole Swider Cole after last night. <laughs> <laughs> Nicola, you did one game. You didn't, you didn't check your, you didn't check your email. Zach, 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 Did you see Cole Swider's game? Let me change my vote. Wait, 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 wait. That's that's uh, Zach. Wait, wait, wait. wait. That's uh, I do Nicola think we Yoke should also give Cole Slider, right? <laughs> yes. We should also give some love to uh, our guy Walker. Texas Ranger Kessler. Walker Ranger Kessler Ranger. Ranger. <laughs> he's, Texas, Texas he's, I mean, dude's slid into that Rudy spot and is, he's producing basically at the same clip as, as Rudy. So let's give the guy some love. Sure. And if you place them side by side, Walker is already like two or three seasons ahead of Rudy's progression when Easy. Rudy first came to the league. I had him as my number five, as my uh, not, be, and yeah, that's not same. because I think Walker Kessler is currently fifth place on that ladder. Even though, like honestly, after this past week, he's probably close to there. I think he will finish. He he's on a trajectory to finish top five in top rookie voting. He's just like shaking off. He's taken a little bit, but he's shaken off a lot of his kind of rookie, uh, rookie, rookie shakes a little bit. He's he's much more loose, way more active on the boards, and he got like six blocks the other night. It was insane. Yeah. Kessler did get a few votes. He was just behind uh, Jaden mm-hmm. Ivey, who was fifth. Jabari yep. Smith also got one vote. <laughs> All right, moving on now to the big ones, the real big ones. Defensive player of the year. This one also had a lot of diversity, <laughs> a lot of difference, which shows how hard it is to determine who the best defensive player is. There's There are some stats, some advanced stats, but a lot of it comes down to eye test. So our midseason defensive player of the year goes to Jason. Jason's crying right now. Are those tears coming out of your face? Jason just set his headphones down and ran out the door. You can't change the rule. I really thought you were going to balance out. Now I'm really surprised you didn't balance it out by putting number zero first and sixth end of the year. Um, uh, 
honestly, I think this one is a, I think this one is a two-player race. It would, and I think either player is super deserving. Like there are other guys who who are deserving, but I think it's Joel and Brooke. I think. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so interesting you say that. Interesting yeah. you say that. Joel Embiid received 15 of 25 total points. Mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez also received 15 Ooh. of 25 total points. It was given to Joel, though, how because he received two first place votes, mm. while Brooke only received mm. one. Yeah. Wow. So that was the deciding yep, yep, yep. factor. Who were the other two Doesn't first get place much votes? closer than that. The other two first place votes Rudy were. Gopher. Evan Mobley and Giannis. I want and Giannis names. Who, Jason's like, who voted not for Joel? Give me names. I need names. <laughs> Give me, tell me. <laughs> no, both, both very deserving. That, that Actually, that kind of... I, I did actually a, a statistical deep dive on Brooke versus Joel, and it is so tough. You are really splitting hairs between those guys. But I think the fact that Giannis got a first place vote kind of explains mm. the differentiator mm-hmm. is I think Brooks job is just a little easier because he has a guy next to him who can um, protect the rim when he's out garden pick and rolls and the opposite. Yeah. So I'll, I'll uh, go ahead and reveal myself as the one mm. who voted for Giannis. Number one, the, what, what made me put Giannis above Lopez. I had them both on my list, obviously. And Lopez has been fantastic but Giannis tends to have the tougher defensive assignment every night. Yeah. Uh, and he's able to switch one through five. And I just think there might, maybe there's a little bit more value when their defensive advanced stats are close, even though Brooks a little bit ahead in most of them. So I want to give some love to two guys. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and then we'll let Jason like completely get all of his Joel love out because I think that's important. <laughs> so let him bring I, out that sponge. I had Joel first. My second vote, and I don't think this will happen because I I think uh, Marcus Smart winning it last year, they're not going to give it to another guard this year. But Dylan Brooks, I can't believe I'm going to say this. What? I keep defending guys that I don't what? want to. But he, he's, I mean, an absolute menace. If you guys watch, especially when, I mean, literally, when you watch some of these games, speaking of tough defensive assignments, to Zach's point, he's the dude that's guarding Zion. He's the dude that's guarding SGA. He's the dude that's guarding Jimmy Butler. He's the guy that is guarding the toughest wings guards. And in terms of just defensive impact, he's second in defensive win share, win shares behind Joel. And then the third guy is triple J, which I had, I had him high on my ballot too. I probably actually would have had him first. Just the issue for me is games played. But what's funny is when you look at when you look at games played, Joel's played 29, Triple J's played 24. So it's not like it's that far. He could make up that ground, I think, by the end of the season. He's making, he's accounting for 71% of the Grizzlies' blocks each game. I mean, the dude is just like, it's, Doing it's the insane. Most. It's insane. He's averaging over three blocks a game. He makes up about a quarter of their steals every game, too. So look out for that guy because I think he's on the rise. Jason. I think last week on the uh, on the episode last week, I pointed out that Triple J is the X factor for them. And the reason why I think they could win the West, uh, him coming on and being fully healthy, I think is makes that team totally, totally different. So mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. Jason, you had something I, you were saying. I was going to – part of one of the things I had on my list of things to kind of throw out here was that I, I actually think Jaron very well may win the award at the end of the season. 
the the, the big differentiator stat wise between besides steals, Joel is the, one of the only guys in the, like the top twenty in steals or top twenty in blocks who also is averaging over a steal a game, which is just wild. But the other differentiator between Joel and Brooks, statistically, obviously besides the eye test, the stuff I already said about Milwaukee, is that Joel, uh, that the Sixers are 5.6 points better defensively when Joel is on the floor versus when he's on the bench. Brooke is 3.5, or sorry, 3.1, which is good. The guy who has both of them in that category is Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. Six point, I think it's 6.3. The only guys in that neighborhood in defensive uh, on-off that I saw are Contavious <laughs> Caldwell-Pope. And then who, who is the other one? Uh, maybe I'll come back around to it. But Oh, Javon Carter. Javon Carter, 6.1. Always the best defensive um, player on the Bucks. Again, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, obviously, which Jones. obviously speaks to on-off being a really <laughs> noisy stat. But, um, I feel like yeah. there needs to be a stat of just like kick uh, for Grayson Allen specifically. No, but this... <laughs> well this is can i just say one more thing which is this is so long deserved for joel like when after his during his rookie season quote unquote which is after he missed this first you know season and a half or so with injuries he immediately stepped on the floor and the the defensive on off the defensive impact was ridiculous on the sixers just from moment one yeah and because the media hates him he hasn't won it yet <laughs> And he probably won't win this one either because of no. And uh, we'll see. I Fake news. Does, but, um, <laughs> very well deserved. <laughs> yeah. And he's doing and he's doing it on offense too. Really, really yeah. quick. So, I want to shout ridiculous. out Evan Mobley. I don't think that he should win or that he is is going to win. But I will say that I think he's somebody who matters. Um, just because that Cleveland team is stylistically so different than everybody else in the NBA, he's almost the JJJ analog in the East. You know, obviously they're, they're they're different players, but because of him, the Cavaliers can play like a Twin Towers lineup that's viable, and that's just a fun uh, that's a fun team. So I just wanted to shout out Evan Mobley real quick. Yeah, I think Mobley and Jared Allen kind of hurt each other. Hundred um, percent for this award. Either one of them are are going. I also want to throw out the we didn't do defensive teams in this vote, yeah. but the Bucks might have three guys. Talking about Javon Carter having that plus minus. Well, there's also Drew Holiday on that team, so that's the reason why Javon <laughs> might have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move ahead. We're going to go ahead and run through the All NBA teams, and we won't have any discussion on them. We'll open up that discussion after we go through MVP. These two kind, of, these two awards kind of go together. Even if Joel Embiid gets <laughs> left off of all the teams, Jay, no there will be no discussion. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to the all discussion with the MVP. Yeah. So, so we vote. So the way we voted is there were three points for first team votes, two points for second team, and one point if you got a third team vote. So, without further ado, first team center was Nikola Jokic, forwards Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, guards Luka Doncic and John Morant. Second team we had Joel Embiid with Jason Tatum and LeBron James at the forwards, and Shea Gilgis Alexander and Donovan Mitchell at the guards. And third team we had Demontis Sabonis as our center with Zion Williamson and Jalen Brown forwards and Tyrese Halliburton and Steph Curry as our guards. Now you can kind of look at these teams and the reason we'll just flow right into MVP are these are basically our year MVP candidates. So the MVP, a little bit different than the rest of the categories. We had 10 points and we asked people to choose 10 players. 
So there are a lot of points possible in, for this award, 50 total points. So I'm pleased to announce that our mid-season MVP award winner with 45 out of 50 possible points, <sighs> Luka Doncic. Whoa, runaway. Run Luka away. time. Wow, runaway too, yeah. Yeah. So now, now we'll open it up. We can talk about all NBA. We can talk about MVP. I'm happy to share the rest of the list if you guys want to hear that first. Yeah, let's yeah, go through yeah, the yeah, rest yeah, of the MVP, MVP list. Mm-hmm. I, want, mm-hmm. I, want, I, want, I want this. <laughs> I want, I want names. names. <laughs> all right. Second was Kevin Durant, 41 out of 50 points. Nikola Jokic was third. Joel Embiid, fourth. Giannis, fifth. Jason Tatum, sixth. John Morant, seventh. Donovan Mitchell, eighth. DeMontis Sabonis, ninth. And Steph Curry, tenth. Other people receiving votes for Zion, AD, and... With one vote, my man, <laughs> Shea. Okay. Okay. And it wasn't me that put that in. I just want to know. I didn't nice. vote for SGA. Scout's honor. Get all the way out of here. <laughs> is that you? Somebody is pandering. Somebody is pandering to the Thunder fans. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Papa Fano. <laughs> of course it's Papa Fano. Frequent guest on the Colgate Comedy Hour. Yes. Who were the Zach? Who were the, so what was the second? Guys. What was the All NBA second team okay. again? One more time. Second team was Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, LeBron James, Shea Gilgers Alexander, and Donovan Mitchell. Okay, that's pretty wild because I put LeBron third team. So I you guys too. are higher on on LeBron's season than even I am. LeBron James had one mm. first team vote. Who was it? Who was it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, Chaser Baker. <laughs> Councilman Jeremy Jam over there. <laughs> I've always loved you, Chase. You just got jammed. <laughs> interestingly, interestingly, LeBron got a first team all NBA vote, but not really. An MVP LeBron vote. did not get one MVP vote. Mm. It's not one MVP Lakers vote. Suck. This is called objective <laughs> journalism, journalistic integrity here. Is You're what right. you guys have seen from me. Oh, I, well, Jason, you, I'm just curious. What did you, uh, what, so, how, where did you have Jokic? Yeah. Speaking of journalistic integrity, did you have Jokic as 12th on your list? Or? <laughs> I mean, do we, do we want to go here? I want names. Go here? <laughs> Pat is also have, ready for okay. the smoke. So we all, I think we can all agree there's a top six, right? That there's a there's a six man top tier, uh, all of whom deserve a you know inclusion, even first place votes if they get it. And so with that said, I had Nikola Jokic <laughs> sixth you, uh, in the top six. And if I hadn't, he, if I hadn't, he probably would have been second because of you jerks. Um, but in bringing him down closer to where he deserves to be. With that said, I am shocked and dismayed that once again, Joel Embiid has finished one spot below <laughs> Nikola Jokic in the MVP. Carrying the banner. <sighs> what else does this man need to do? Oh my God, um, here we go. No, seriously. <laughs> no, but seriously. Be better than fifth in the East. That's actually a bad argument because Jokic yeah. wanted the sixth in the West last year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Shift those goalposts, baby. <laughs> I mean, look, the Nuggets are no. a game and a half yeah. back from the best record in the entire league. And look, I know that they're I, – I don't want to take anything away from Joel. I'm speaking just statistically here. If you look at just the data, Jokic is head and shoulders above everybody else. But – 
Let's talk well, about the data. <laughs> Pulls on Take that data. No, <laughs> data. No. Uh, here's the thing. If you just go through all of the different MVP arguments that we have used to vault people in the past, Jokic wins very few of them. He's not the best player on the best team. Best team is the Celtics right now, which I hate to say. So Jason Tatum would win that one. He doesn't have the most eye-popping counting stats. That's Luka. He's not, I mean, if you look at two-way play, the Nuggets are 25th in defense right now, and Jokic is the anchor of that defense. We understand that the other guys are also not great. Um, are they really 25th in defense? Wow. 25th. His, uh, and I will say, actually, that the, the defensive stats on Jokic are mixed, uh, and that's a good thing for him, I think, because he's actually really good in deflections, and and he actually contests a lot of shots, but also uh, the percentage of uh, field goal percentage in shots that he contests is pretty high. It's 50% compared to a lot of the rim protectors who are, like, in the low 40s. So and it, so he's not, he's not a bad defensive player, but he's not a good defensive player either. I think he is perfectly fine. And so when it comes to two-way play, I mean... He's probably only ahead of Luca in defensively out of this six that we're talking about. And so the only I think the only argument he has is or the the main argument he has is the advanced catch-all stats, which again, I will say again, do not account for usage and are meant to be kind of looked at com- and combined with usage. And so with that said, I think he I think objectively his case this season would put him around third, which is where we have him, right? Then you account for the fact that historically guys who win two MVPs get a little knock. So I think that's not going to win it. I mean, the reality is he's not, he's not going to win this year. And I think you bring up a ton of fair points. The thing that I look at and look, we obviously went back and forth a lot in the text thread around who values what, right. And how we look at this award. My thing, at least the way that I'm looking at it, a lot of it this year is you look at that Nuggets team and the way that he elevates his teammates is unmatched. I don't think there's anybody else in the league, Luca included, that you could say bends defenses in a way that he's, you know, he's getting his dudes wide open cuts to the basket. Luca's a great passer. He's going to find guys that are open on the, on, on the three-point line. But Jokic's ability to draw doubles and just survey the defense and pick defenses apart completely. I hear you completely on the defensive stuff. I think that's all completely valid. Denver's not, they're not good at defense. They're very bad at defense. So they definitely need it. They need to up their, their game on that side of the floor. If they have a chance to really compete for the title, but he's not, I mean, they're not, he's also not that far off from best player on the best team. I mean, they're again, they're a game and a half behind Boston. If they continue to surge, I don't know the, the, the reality is, I think this is going to be one of the, the most fun votes by the end of the season because there's so many dudes that deserve it now and that could go on a run between now and the end of the season, including Joel, including Giannis. I mean, KD is out now, but, he, you know, yeah. like we talked about how this could help his case if the Nets suck for a month and then he comes back and he saves the day again. So just God bless parody, man. Amen. That's all I got to say. Yeah, there's good. There's going there, to be bloodshed blood. over this award <laughs> this season. 
And we just spent like all this time arguing over third versus fourth. We should probably talk. About I was going to say, what about Jason Tatum? What about you're right? Like we should probably talk yeah. about how awesome Luca is. Luca is amazing. amazing. He's been destined to win an MVP since you know that season one in the league, basically maybe a little into season two, and it's nice that he would get it now. We'll see. Yeah, with the way the Mavericks have been playing recently, generally speaking. Uh, oh, definitely. He has a much better definitely. chance to they're, win. I they're think. putting it together. Yep. Now that they're, yeah, fourth in the West, so. right? Yep. Now right. I think fourth. That's great. Fourth. It, it, it's yeah. interesting, though, Pat. You mentioned. I mean, Jokic, like, again, and you said to Jason, like, it's uh, you know, he's won it twice in a row. Like, that's already working against him. And I mentioned a few weeks back that in order for Jokic to place himself, like, for actual contention. <laughs> He it can't it couldn't be he's been playing incredible, but it can't be more of the same. Right. It can't be uh, MVP on a sixth place team. It has to be like a little bit better, incrementally better across the board, which is already crazy for Jokic and his team has to finish in the top right now. Jokic is fulfilling those things. Like he is fulfilling that right now. Um, He has more triple doubles than anybody in the NBA right now. And let me grab this other stat I just saw here. And he's now shot 50% or better from the field in 29 straight games. Like it feels under the radar, but Jokic is playing absolutely out of his mind right now as well. Now, as far as these things that are considered for MVP in terms of like, how the how voters vote in regards to stats and narrative Luca's narrative factor for MVP is stronger than anyone's right now and I think that's gonna be a lot of people to surpass again that's not negating Luca's like great play I'm not I'm not down talking that but in terms to people considering you know like the story of carrying a team into the playoffs Luca's got that stronger than than anyone I think um, I, I just yeah, one pessimistic Jokic will win. Oh, go ahead. I don't th- I go ahead, Pat. I, I mean, truthfully, obviously y'all know my feelings about the Joker. I don't think he should win. And one of my reasons why is we're in such a unique time of the league where we have so much talent across the board. And, and Jason, you talk about this a lot. Like when we look back on history of the league, I think it's important that other dudes get recognition so that we look back at this time period and go, oh my gosh, yeah, that's right. Jokic won two and then Luka won one and then, wow, KD came out, came out of nowhere and he won the next one. Like, there's just too many guys that haven't won it yet that are completely deserving that we probably need to change that narrative a little bit. Yeah. It's better than any argument I could make. Thank you, Patrick. It's crazy to me that guys like John Moran and Donovan Mitchell are seventh and eighth with the seasons they're having, what they're doing for their teams. 71 points. Should we move I on have to one our, thing to oops. add about Jokic's uh, defensive stats. He does have like a crazy plus minus defensive plus minus when he's on the floor. <clears throat> I think that speaks mostly to his ability to communicate and lead the guys than his individual ability as a one-on-one defender or as a rim protector. But wow, yeah, I think he's in the fours and off and on off. I think is, is what I saw, which is pretty great. We've we've had a very wow that was a that was a thrilling riveting mid season awards <laughs> for bench. Benchies. Can we call them the benchies? I'm in, I'm in for can the we benchies. can we? Ooh, I yeah. like the benchies. Welcome to the first Here annual benchies. 
Brought to you by <laughs> Colgate Comedy Club. <laughs> I feel God in this chilliest tonight. I was literally going to say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, it's too perfect. The first annual Benchies has come to a conclusion. Luca. Mid-season MVP winner. I, I, yeah, I, I think I, I agree. Uh, real quick addendum to that last bit. Yes, I, I agree that that Jokic should not win it. I don't think he should win it. But it's just interesting to see all that progress. And gosh, there's so much parody in the West Coast. There's so much parody in the league, and there's so much parody in like the top ten players of the league. It's insane. It's a great time for the NBA. And if I'm putting my marketing hat on and I'm in the front office, I'm thinking, how can I like take advantage of like all this talent right now? I gotta send video teams all over the league. Like who's gonna be documenting? We gotta get like we gotta get Netflix to cover Luca right now. They should have been they should have started following him with cameras if they haven't already starting like three years ago for the documentary that we're going to partner with Netflix to put all over the world when he wins the MVP at the end of the season. Like there's just so many cool stories happening right now. If I, again, if I'm thinking, how can we get these stories out there? I, 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 I want more of it as an NBA fan because I recognize it from a statistical, from a performance standpoint, there's so many cool things happening. All right, going into our next segment. <laughs> benchies. Yeah, Maybe yeah, these, these are the Benchies. Yeah, Maybe this is what we actually call this. The right? real Benchies. These are the yeah. real Benchies. We've all gotten together and chosen our own. We've created our own categories of these offbeat, wild, funny, random midseason awards. These are not your typical midseason, not your typical anything awards. We're all going to go around and reveal to each other. We don't know what we've all chosen yet as our own weird awards, but we're going to go around around the horn here, as it were. Dan, let's start with you. What is what is your midseason okay, award? My midseason award, uh, longtime listeners will know that I really pay attention to <laughs> leadership and not just any type of leadership, specifically leaders of men. And so this is the Dan Lyons Leader of Men Award through the year. However, rather than actual leaders of men, <laughs> I'm picking this award is going out to the people who have consistently demonstrated that they actually cannot lead approximately anybody. And so this is the Dan Lyons Leader of Men Award. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sarcastic. <laughs> yes. Parentheses Lyons, not leaders of men. not and parentheses, leader of men of ward. Okay, without further ado, I'm going to go, I'm going to start at the bottom. So number five, I've, or, uh, yeah, number five, I've got Danny Ainge. <laughs> and I picked Danny Ainge just because he said <laughs> that he assembled a competitive roster at the beginning of this season, which will never, ever, ever not be funny. So thank you, Danny, for for just giving us some, some excellent things. Also, it's a bit retroactive for coming in and just blowing up the jazz season last year. I mean, that roster was tanking anyway, but uh, Danny certainly didn't help. Okay. Number, number four, Jason Lamprex's favorite two-time NBA MVP, Steve Nash <laughs> for that leader of men of ward. Um, you know, we shouldn't have been surprised when, uh, when Katie and Kyrie said, you know, sometimes, Kevin was going to be the head coach. Sometimes Kyrie was going to be the head coach. Sometimes Steve is going to be the head coach, you know? So really just a, just a bang up job by, by Steve Nash with that. Uh, number three, 
Uh, speaking of the Nets, Kyrie Irving, leader of men, has successfully blown up not one, but two lockers. Though, coming back a little bit. So that's why he wasn't the last one on this. It turns out that he's pretty good at playing basketball. However, he's not pretty good at, you know, talking, let alone to other people. And so, 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 so Kyrie in the locker room is great. Uh, Pat, you're going to love this one. At number two, we got Trey Young, leader of men. Oof. Let's bad, go. Bad vibes in Atlanta. Yeah, uh, yeah bad, bad, bad vibes, vibes, vibes in Atlanta. He is going to single-handedly force Nate McMillan to retire at the end of the season. So let's go, Trey. Let's go. Uh, honorable... <clears throat> honorable Ice mention tray. here, not basketball related, related. I'm just throwing in it because uh, I'm throwing in an honorable mention of Kanye West at number two. Kanye, <laughs> <laughs> Kanye West. Okay. As, this is a basketball as podcast, my favorite man. philosopher, basketball Dave Chappelle said. <laughs> as, and I'm putting him I'll in here it. because my favorite philosopher, Dave Chappelle, <laughs> Kanye got in so much trouble that Kyrie got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so you know i, I thought i thought that. it was worth it was worth bringing up and number one our favorite leader of men on this is the indomitable rudy goober as rudy, oh, rudy I'm goober, goober. Men, i'm a goofy goober yeah leader of bees rudy goober everything is going fine in minnesota <laughs> It's, it's fine. Things are great. I bet his bees are doing really well in the winter in Minneapolis. You know, I wonder if he invites people over and gives them honeycomb and, you know, I don't know. Maybe he brings homemade homemade honey for after the games. Popeye's maybe is spread, Maybe he spreads it on the uh, for the environment. He spreads it on his quaff ball. Yeah, exactly. I think that Rudy uniquely... <laughs> croissant. Would you like Rudy some honey on my croissant? the highest paid player on the Timberwolves. He has a unique responsibility to mentor the other players to to set an example and how winning yeah, about winning basketball culture. So for those reasons, Rudy Goober wins by Dan Lyons parentheses not and parentheses leader of men award. Beautiful. <laughs> it had to be done. Beautiful. It had to be done. Incredible. Pretty good, Dan. It's pretty good. Hey, not bad. <laughs> Uh, who would be who would be your actual oh. leader of men win your leader of men award? Would it be Jock Vaughn? Who do, do you have anyone Ooh. on a legitimate? I mean, I really want to say Will Hardy, side? maybe Jordan Clarkson for willing to square up with just about anybody. Um, so those are those are uh, my mentions because I got to shout out my jazz. Obviously, Joe Missoula for taking a dumpster fire and turning it into I don't know a birthday cake. Honestly. <laughs> That's got to be one of my favorite like, quotes on like, this podcast. Unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> from dumpster fire to birthday cake. Unbelievable alchemy from, from Joe Missoula. He talked to Nicholas Lamel, found the Sorcerer's Stone, and is just doing incredible work. <laughs> but honestly, I have to give it. I have to give it to not only Jacques Vaughn but Jacques Vaughn's beard, because the magic that is contained in that man is unreal. Is unreal. I can't. I cannot. I cannot believe, I actually cannot believe it that that Jacques Vaughn um, turned that basketball team into an actual basketball team. So I got to give it to Jacques Vaughn. Here, here. You guys, 
you guys are better trying to butter me up after that whole uh, MVP conversation. And hey, we landed in an okay spot. We landed in a good spot. Dan, that was good discussion. We're good. Dan, that was amazing. Jason, what do you got for us? What is your Benchy? What is your Silly Mid-Season Award? All right, so my my special like benchy uh, for the mid season 2022-23 season is is the Big Hank Cramblin Award for the guy who's convinced everyone that he knows how to, <laughs> what he's doing, but he's really just pooping in everyone's feet. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have a, I have a special a special interest in guys who the media uh, has decided are, are geniuses of basketball and, and who actually behind the scenes are leading their teams to ruin. And so this this is for both coaches and front office guys. I have a feeling um, like you made this list for a particular person, <laughs> but I want you to keep going. We'll make you go ahead. All right, so so the honorable I'll, I'll through, uh, fly through the honorable mentions are the two through five guys, uh, <laughs> Doc Rivers, wasting another incredible Joel season, and yet somehow ever you know everyone thinks that just if you come up with a little catchy <laughs> slogan that doesn't mean you're it's not pooping not in everyone's brief, briefcase. Um, <laughs> this dude will continue to get passes the rest of his life, um, maybe because he like studied the Clippers ship when Donald Sterling was being super racist. Who knows? Uh, number two Ooh, is Nick Nurse, ouch. which is sad uh, to ouch. me. Oh, um, heartbreak. Dude has a great rep, and I would have sworn by Nick Nurse like literally a year ago. Um, it's been brutal. They've been weirdly healthy, too. Like, all their guys are, like, are in the 30s and games played are their main guys. Um, if, you, if you Google, like, Nick, if you just, like, Search Nick Nurse on Twitter. You're gonna gonna find a ton of Raptors fans uh, with all kinds of complaints about mm. him, but especially about how he's running those dudes into the ground, like low key Tibbs style. Um, so that's rough. Um, especially, and this is that's also a little bit of revenge for me picking Toronto to win the Atlantic Division <laughs> and, then, and then turning turning into a total mud pie. Um, uh, Mark Cuban, that, he's 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 third. Okay. Get my man some help, honestly. Um, number yeah. two is number two is Steve Nash. NBA I, don't think, MVP. I don't think anyone is ready to admit. I don't think any alleged alleged two time MVP. Um, I don't think Conspiracy. anyone is ready to be out here admitting how bad of a job Steve Nash did at the beginning of the season. But I, I, I'll, I'm going to give the people what they want. I'm going to tell the people the truth. Um, so yeah, he's number two on the, for the Hank Cramblin award and the winner of the Hank Cramblin award for guys who convince everyone they know what they're doing, but really they're just pooping in everyone's briefcase. (laughs) There it is. is. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Yes. He, yes, he was on the right side of what for the Timberwolves might be the worst trade in, uh, NBA history, but, but. It is malpractice that he has not traded away enough good players to make his team bad enough to get into this lottery. Like, what are we doing? They're they're hovering around 500. They're going to continue to hover around 500 until he steps in and does what he was brought to town to do, which is to tear this thing down. Come on, man. Like, 
like I, I'm not saying you got to trade Lowry, Lowry Markkinen. He may be a long-term piece, especially with how the leap he's taken this year. But Conley, Clarkson, Beasley, Ainge may give back this award if he pulls the trigger in time to this is really about Russ, bad enough it? to be where they need to be. But <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even. Why did you not oh. take Russ? <laughs> I am. I am under no illusions that Danny Ainge will ever do anything that will help the Lakers, uh, and I want. I want you to know that. But this yeah. dude needs to Pretty act different. now, or I mean, what are we gonna do? Like, obviously, it's possible Minnesota could be bad enough to get them into the mix, but they need to get in the mix because they're not getting a, a superstar otherwise. I'm sorry to say it, but they need to be moving in a direction, and this is a really big missed opportunity if he doesn't act. So, Incredible Hank Cramlin Award, Danny Inch. You're here. <laughs> that was beautiful. Wow. I have only one comment for that. You definitely put Ainge first <laughs> because you hate Danny Ainge. Oh, not because he's worse than those other guys. I'm like, you don't hate him because of the trade. You hate him because he's content. a Celtic. Content, man, content. I actually, I totally agree with the take, though, that they should just blow it up. Like, what's the point of going to a play-in game, even making it to the first round? Like, what's the point? But I, I actually imagine that the ownership and the rest of the front office guys maybe – when they saw the team playing well, we're like, no, no, let's make the playoffs. Let's make a little bit of money, yeah. whatever. We have so many picks in future years that there may be other chances. And the chance, even if they were to end up in the top five, are so low to get Wemby still, right. you know? Thank like, you. Fifth pick has, what, like a 10% <laughs> chance? Yeah. But you got to get on that path now. Yes. You got to start taking your chances yeah. now. Yeah. You're just going to kick the can down the road. Yeah, I guess they, they could it, offload like three or four guys now, and they could still like there's still plenty yeah. of time for them to be on that path because they are just, so, I wouldn't even say they're in the middle, right? They're like on top yeah. of the low bubble. A couple yeah. of those guys still have two years on their contracts, which also plays into maybe not moving them. I think the only guy that we yeah. talked about that has one year is Jared Vanderbilt. So right. I think he's the most likely to be traded for that reason. All right. Can't wait. Should All we right. move on to yeah. the next one? Let's do it. Zach, what do you got? That's me. So my award, I'm calling the Rico. <laughs> I've been drinking green tea all day award. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. I have five. I have five slots here. I'll run through them quickly. My honorable mention, though, is uh, <laughs> Matt Ryan, Lakers legend Matt Ryan. Bless you. Simply for that one moment when you know. He got put in that game. He got the ball somehow. The green tea was flowing through his veins. He was picking up that traffic cone. He hit that shot. So I, that when, was totally when I first his thought of hat. this award, I was thinking of like some of the some of the sort of like punks in the league, like Dylan Brooks and Patrick Beverly, like Jordan those Parker. guys sort of fit the mold. But I didn't know, I didn't want this to just be a negative list. So it kind of dances around. So in fifth place, I have <laughs> yep. Jordan Clarkson. Yep. Yes. The Jazz trade away. Yes. All their guys, Jordan Clarkson gets to be a starter. He gets to just have the ball in his hands whenever he wants. And I'm sure he's like, <laughs> I've been drinking green tea all day. <laughs> he was out of me. <laughs> and it Dude. shows. Yeah. Now, the one the one moment that shows that he fits this mold <laughs> just a couple days ago <laughs> when he squares up against Triple J <laughs> and his whole career. If they fought. <laughs> 
shows, yeah, he's he's definitely <laughs> drinking his tea. Baby uh, Laker. Fourth, Baby Laker. Baby Laker. In fourth place, I have one of my guys right now, Jose Alvarado. From yeah, the let's go. Love, love that guy. <laughs> this guy takes any defensive assignment that's put in front of him, even though he's six foot nothing. He steps up in big moments, such as his 38-point game. He's not scared to beef with all-time greats like Chris Paul. Chewing on Chris Paul's ankles. But the one thing that really makes him a guy who's been drinking his green tea is how fast that little guy's legs move (laughs) on the court. (laughs) You guys got to check it out. They just go. He's so fast, but he takes twice as many steps as the next NBA player. For sure. All right, number three, I have not a player, but half court fan shots yeah <laughs> these guys let's go are going crazy yes. these fans this year have been drinking green tea all day yeah. i don't know how many there have actually been but i looked through some news and i found at least six this year yeah ranging from a guy winning 75k at a lakers game to winning 500 dollars in indiana <laughs> i saw that indiana would come on indiana are you kidding me but I, I don't, there are no stats on this. I can't find the stats anywhere, man. But this has got to be an unprecedented pace of half-court shots. <laughs> there were right. two nice. at Lakers games in like a two-week span. Yeah. It yeah. was incredible. Two Lakers, a Knicks one. There was a Hawks one earlier one. this season. Anyway. Yeah. Number two, this is another positive one, is Mr. Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. The MVP. Mm-hmm. Can I say more? Sitting. Yeah. Part of this really goes to the guy's energy. So you wouldn't think of him as the green tea kind of guy because he's slow he makes his decisions he plays at his own pace but what gets me and makes me think this guy's got some of that green tea running through his system (laughs) is the joy that comes out when he does something cool yeah what he did when he when he hit that game to tie it to go to overtime after missing the free throw on purpose he did a very similar thing when he tied a game with a late three from like 28 feet deep in the deep in the corner Earlier in the season, he did the same thing when he crossed over a guy and took it to the hoop at a buzzer. I was watching some highlights today. The guy just has so much joy, and it really comes out. The green tea comes out of him in those big moments. So he's my number two. And my number one couldn't be anybody else. You already know. Stream on green. (laughs) The number one guy who has been drinking green tea all day. Draymond Green leads the league in technical <laughs> fouls. He wants to fight everyone. He also leads the league in guys who who have punched Jordan Poole in the face. A member of his own team. One for one. I'm pretty sure after he, he yelled that, he yelled, you want to bring the demons out of me? <laughs> so not only has he been drinking green tea all day, the demons come oh, out from man. him. And as Pat says, mm-hmm. I mean, he only has 14 technical fouls, only. but as Pat says, how does he not have a technical foul every time he opens his mouth? Yeah. Uh, so that's my yeah. list. Those that's are the well done. Done. Yeah, He just hit Jordan Poole in the face with a parking cone. <laughs> Amazing. Man, yeah, these have been great good. lists so really far. Good. This has been so fun. Let's let's get on with it in the interest of time here. This has been great. I'll go with my list. I got to admit, mine's probably not as entertaining, but it, I wanted to continue a theme that I've had with some of my 
editorial takes on the pod throughout the season about evaluating players uh, and how they react or how they handle themselves at press conferences and how Mm. certain commentators do. I picked my top five, I call it my first team all NBA, NBA players or former NBA players as broadcasters or commentators list mm. Ooh, interesting. Love, this. love this so this is like basically a combination and this is like a combination of being entertaining but but like actually stepping into the role of commentating whether it's you know pl- calling the plays or the color commentary on the side i i wanted to pick my top five of who i feel like coming out of the nba actually does a great job of being an nba bringing the nba player perspective while doing a great job of calling games so We'll start at five. I don't really have any honorable mentions. I'm open to honorable mentions after I mention the list here. Coming in at number five, <laughs> we've got the all-time great Bill Walton. Oh, my God. Yes. As a color yeah, commentator, that guy is gold every time. So many good bridges in Portland. Dude. So, <laughs> so many good bridges to touch out he, about. He brings this unique spin oh, that man. like makes him so fun to listen to. It's called like, being high. And it's you called let being him high. say anything he wants. There's Bill like he, he's got his... <laughs> He's got his bag of THC edibles in his pocket, popping them in between uh, commercial breaks, right? Getting his head right, getting in the zone, as you, as it were. And he's just so fun to listen to. He'll, like, and you know, you already know he's speaking from a place of authority anyways. So he'll chime in and say, oh, yeah, like, great defense and the way he, like, the backdoor cuts and all. But then, like, yes, the bridges. <laughs> We'll just say whatever. It's amazing. Bill Walton. I have Bill Walton at number five. Number four, I've got the all-time great Mr. Stephen Curry. Mm. Have you really mm. listened to him call a game? It's quite good. He sits there. He's he's like good vibes. Like he's sitting there having a good yeah. time. And what's interesting is because he's an active NBA player at the moment, right? Like he's he's still going to be playing for a while. He doesn't care to try and be a good commentator. He's just like... He's just out there to have fun, but it's infectious. It's like the infectious. Steph is the embodiment of infectious joy for the game. That same that same joy that Luca has. Steph has it in his own way. Especially like when I want when we watched the uh, was it the fifty four point Clay game. Clay yeah. Clay's yep. dropping fifty yep. plus buckets. Steph Steph's been out right. Steph actually came back tonight, I believe, against the Suns. We'll have to check in on those highlights. But Steph is just is just going bonkers. He's bouncing all over the bench, cheering for everybody. So the second he gets on a microphone to talk ball, while people are listening, it's a good time. It's infectious joy. So maybe not so much from a skill perspective, but again, from the overall, like I wanna I wanna turn on the broadcast, and am I going to enjoy listening to Steph? Yes call games right i could see him like being real chris collinsworthy you know just like oh man yeah like <laughs> just excited about everything <laughs> and he tries to play it off like mm, i'm gonna be a chill guy but like he's he's the fun guy he's like popcorn all right this is where it gets serious by the way three and up are like right like these people i feel very much I, i'm now kind of switching to serious mode in a sense number three on this list more podcasting than normal. JJ Redick. JJ mm. yeah. Redick, and especially for the way he breaks down the game, like on the morning talk shows, right? Like inside the, uh, not inside the NBA. What's it called? Uh, first something. The, and the first take. Yep. Yeah, first take. First take. Yeah. His appearances, his assists on those shows, like really is quite unparalleled. Like he was the first NBA 
insider broadcaster that was a former NBA player that I really like very quickly respected who came and not only provided his, you know, on the court analysis of how players play, but like the way that he is talking about what what's going through players' minds, the impact of how NBA players are bringing themselves onto the court. I love his insights. Very, very, very insightful commentator. I really enjoy what he does. Number two, this is my number two. I have Richard Jefferson. Richard Jefferson right. very quickly went from being, hey, I did um, my time in the league. And dude, the, now the dude runs his own show. The dude's calling games all the time, left and right. He's charismatic, whether, <laughs> whether you agree <laughs> with his takes or not. He is a very talented commentator. He's very good at this job. Fire TikTok, too. Oh, yeah. Good, good on TikTok. From- yeah, he understands. He understands the new game and that he needs to play in regards to social media. Get his name out there, and guys, this this number one was really really hard. <laughs> but I just don't think you can unthrone what's at number one right now, and that is the entire cast of Inside the NBA oh, on TNT. Easy, easy. Number one, Ernie, Chuck, <clears throat> Shaq, and Kenny. Like you can't beat them. You just can't. And as a group, as a dynamic, what they bring to the game and what they've brought to the game for many, many, many years is something that like people look forward to, not just to watch the game, but to watch inside the NBA, the halftime breakdowns, the commercial, you know, updates, like watching Christmas games again, like you just can't, you, you, you can't separate inside the NBA's impact from the, the the world of televised basketball like it's it, it is the, the 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 torch is being carried by has been carried by that crew for the past 20 some odd years whether it's you know Shaq constantly making fun of chuck charles barkley right <laughs> kenny racing back to the board getting the sneakers on and running back there Shaq trying to run after him and then running into the christmas tree and then of course ernie just being like the most centered grounded leveling foundational voice amongst the crew to actually kind of bring this sense of warmth to the broadcast that's just like it feels like you're watching just your crazy uncles talk about basketball that's it that's my first team all former nba players as broadcasters no commentators no reggie miller <laughs> I'm not. I am not gonna lie. I thought Draymond Green was gonna win Dude. two benches. Oh my god! I think we would have been. Yeah, I don't know how to react to that. <laughs> I almost took. I almost took it sarcastic and ironic. Of who's the worst? Reggie Miller. I was. I was playing with him to be on that list. I almost had Reggie Miller in a different list that I was gonna share. He was awful. <laughs> It is rough times. A lot of positivity yeah, going on. Good vibes. Well, we're about to we're it's about to take it down to we're, we're going to take it down to ground level again. Okay? <laughs> I was going to say, Pat, Pat. Last but not least, <laughs> right, send here us we go. home. Send here us home go. with your benchies. Okay, so my my awards are called the "It's a Good Idea" and I stand by it awards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so these are the awards. These are the awards that go to people who. Any normal person looking in on the situation goes, what are you doing? And they're sitting there going, no, this is great. What do you mean? Everything's going fine. So honorable mentions, number number five, we have from your Los Angeles Lakers, Rob Palinka and Jeannie Buss. I'm not sure I even need to, to say anything beyond that. The fact that 
they're wasting. And again, I know that LeBron is to blame a little bit with everything that's happened roster wise, but come on, we're Maybe wasting LeBron. LeBron's career. He's playing incredibly well this year. Can't believe they're only number five. It's a long list. There's some good stuff in here. Okay. Number four. Remember that time when you had your mother-in-law with <laughs> you oh, number four. Do you guys remember that time when the Warriors thought that they could straddle the line of two timelines going on at the same time? That was fun while it lasted for the first four games of the season. And now James Wiseman is hurt and has played most of the, the, the season in the G league. Moses Moody has done basically nothing. And they've got guys like Ty Jerome and some guy named Anthony Anthony Lamb, who I'd never heard of before the season, playing legit minutes for that team over these young guys. Kaminga is probably the one exception to this. Cool, obviously, has started to come on a little bit, but you can't you can't play both sides. It's it's not going to work for you well. So that's number four. Number three, all of the Utah Jazz uniforms, besides the purple mountain ones. <laughs> They looked like they were designed by a 14-year-old as part of a middle school project. Okay, so I think that my... Um, <laughs> Here, little Timmy, see that blackboard? Here's, a, here's some yellow paint. Yeah. Hey, Ryan. So that's... Yeah. But guys, they cost more if the patterns are complicated. <laughs> right. that's, that's, a, that's the one. Dan Flash is going to do Maybe they should hire Dan Flash's next year for they their really should. new uniform. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so that's number three. Number two, James Harden leaking to the media that he would be interested in going back to the Houston Rockets and then pretending like it wasn't him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can we go back? So let's go back to the Christmas Day game. They basically asked him, hey, this report came out. His response in true James Harden, non-answer fashion was basically, what, you're not even going to wish me Merry Christmas before you start asking questions? The dude is just an ultimate, I don't know, man. I don't even know what to say. Like trying to pretend like that wasn't who, if it wasn't you, then who leaked that? Okay. And his next question was, Oh, where's where's the where's the club? Where's the club? <laughs> All right, the award for the it's a good idea, and I stand by it. Awards goes to Tim Connolly yep. of the Minnesota yeah. Timberwolves oh. for making one of, if not the worst trade, at least in the last probably ten years. Might go down as one of the worst trades ever. I don't know what he was thinking at the time. Honestly, I'm not sure where his head's at now. I know what he was but... thinking. I'm doing the best at this. <laughs> uh, say, what is it? That doesn't fly off. A great, a great, a great steering wheel. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You play. You play. You sit there, your mother-in-law. Oh, my gosh. So That's good. Great. So your, your, uh, your award's right there. There you go. You are doing the best at this. Wow. <laughs> Say anything more about Tim Conley, right? Wow. Said, no, we've, laid uh, it, we've laid it on thick. I was going to say, Jay, Jay, you had uh, put... Uh, another another Frank Hamblin, or another Hank, uh, Hank Cramblin, Frank Hamblin. <laughs> Frank Hamblin was like a Hank Cramblin uh, 
that I was surprised you didn't have them on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Also, but also kudos to you, Jay, on the journalistic Truly. integrity. I, I haven't heard you say the words Rob next to Kalinka uh, like this whole time. So. I think the problem is nobody ever yeah, thought that like, he was. I'm really just a fan of. I'm really just a fan of the game, like of the sport. <laughs> I, I don't really have like allegiances, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I follow players, not teams. <laughs> Um, you follow numbers. You follow numbers, not teams. <laughs> Number yeah. zero. Yeah, I just go. I just go where the stats lead me, guys. Mm. You know. Makes um, sense. Uh, everyone has <laughs> That was amazing. Wow, that was rad. Uh, Dan, let's get to your mud pie moment and, uh, yep, and call yep. this night. We're night. gonna keep this one pretty quick. This mud pie moment goes out to John Lyons, Papa John. Because I know that he's going to listen to this whole thing. So this one's for you. Yeah, the original exactly. Dirty this Dan. One, this one's for you, Dad. Okay, so I dug up uh, an old take that is uh, not, not aged well. So this is from a national prognosticator. I'll refer to him as Jonathan Clay for this moment. At the beginning of December, he had the Phoenix Suns as a Western Conference contender. And he listed out all these reasons why the Suns were going to we're going to be good. However, he neglected to acknowledge that A, Jay Crowder was refusing to play for them. B, DeAndre Ayton actually probably could have made my leader of men award. And C, the whole owner turmoil since then. In his defense, the Suns were 16 and 7 at that point. However, since he declared the Suns as his Western Conference contenders, the Suns have gone 4 and 14. And I've actually been currently texting my dad about how the Suns are blowing a 26-point lead to the Warriors right now. And this man, Jonathan Clay, a.k.a. J.J. Redick, that is your mud pie moment of the week. J.J., we had just given you some flowers about how insightful you were. This was an enormous mud pie for you, J.J. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. That was, that was a sloppy, sloppy mud pie. Extra sloppy. Yep. JJ Curse right there. He's not doing the best. Devin this. Booker could be on our MVP list, by the way. Devin, Devin Booker, Booker needs a functional anyway. groin, apparently. Love it. Wow. That was a great well, one. Uh, that brings our mid-season awards Benchies. episode to a close. The Benchies. The Benchies. We celebrated and handed out the Benchies. I gotta say, really quick, my probably one of my favorite. I, I think the award for best Benchy title goes Easy. to Pat. <laughs> you you got to say it again. Yes, you do. You know, it's a good idea, and I stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need to print that on a shirt and send that to Tim Connolly's office in, in uh, uh, St. Paul. Kiss. Chef's kiss. Good, Chef's good work, team. Friggin' kiss. Well, yep. wow. well done, guys. Amazing work. 